it is Tuesday night. It is the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, how's it going? Very good, man. But uh, I, I got I to gotta tell you, okay? I enjoyed my holiday weekend, but it didn't end very well. Yes, it, actually, uh, this was, um, yesterday was the uh, 4th of July. Yes. Well, and, and I'm... I'm American. He's Canadian, so uh, you know this is this is clearly an American holiday. But um, but here's the thing, folks. I was enjoying myself. I I took a ride with my dad. I sat outside on my patio, getting some sun. I was enjoying myself. And then we we come in. We have a nice dinner, and I'm like, oh shit, I gotta get ready to get. To go to Monday, well, not go, but I wouldn't pay to go to Monday Night Raw, but I had to watch Monday Night Raw for the benefit of this podcast. I'm like, oh, shit. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because we all know how much holiday episodes of Monday Night Raw suck. And we're going to get into it in further detail when we actually get to the Monday Night Raw review. We're gonna we're gonna do um, we're gonna do SmackDown and uh, Money in the Bank first. But I, well, you know, I just I don't understand Monday Night Raw. I, I, I really don't because because we had a man puking hot dogs on. Live TV. Oh, I think I, I think I have to go back and rewatch because I I missed out the I missed out those segments. That's the Fourth of July party that the street poppers were doing, right? Yes, but 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 not not only not only did Otis puke up hot dogs, <laughs> what? they they replayed it. <laughs> no, we saw it twice. Why? And you know, so I was I was quite pissed off. Those were not the fireworks I had in mind for uh, <laughs> my Fourth of July festivities. Oh my! Wow! Uh, Jesus Christ, people! Uh, you know, raw sucks. Um, <laughs> but um, I'll tell you what doesn't suck: this special holiday edition of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. And although I. Uh, I'm happy to see you, Elio. I always am. I am equally as happy that we're back on our regular time slot yes. at eight o'clock. And this, since this is a pay-per-view review show, we will be back on Saturday. So you guys get a double dose of us uh, this week to make up for uh, to make up for any um, lack of shows we've been doing lately. So yes. and. Ben, um, so I already I told you I finished watching season three of the Hulk, right? Yes. So I went to season four last night. I I'm up to the absolute best episode of the series in season four. It is called the first. Have you ever heard of this episode? No. Oh, this is the episode where we have not one but we have two Hulks. We have the Hulk that we all know, and then we have Evil Hulk. Oh, God. Oh, and you know what? I'm actually, I'm going to send you a YouTube clip 
uh, off air, and then uh, you can check it out. Because this, okay. this episode, it's kind of like a throwback to all the Universal Monster pictures, like Dracula and Frankenstein and all that. Cool. So, uh, what else did I watch this week? I saw... I, okay, so I line up my queue. When I'm done uh, one set of movies, I always line up a, a queue of new movies. Right. So, the ones that I have... So, I saw, of course, I saw Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court. I saw some Dracula that sucked. Oh, Lord. I saw The Tingler with Vincent Price. Is that, I would assume that was good. I haven't seen that one, but based on the fact that it's Vincent Price, it has to be Vincent Price is cool. Yeah. Uh, Then we have The Lady Vanishes. That's an Alfred Hitchcock movie from 38. 1938, we have Horror Express, which is an anthology with Christopher Lee. Oh, that's going to be good. Now, although it was uh, it was scary, the way it was filmed made it look like it was really one of those low-budget movies because it had that really grainy, like, dark tone to it. So it's like... It looked like a really bad movie, a poorly shot movie, but it was right. 1968, I believe. Okay. Then The Old Dark House, I saw. Tales of Tomorrow sucked. Like, that's another anthology. And then this is where my movies end. Because everything I have coming up are all wrestling. So the last one I wa- last one I watched was Adam Cole, the Brain Buster. So was that this, good? this video had three matches from Combat Zone Wrestling. We had Adam Cole versus Tommy Dreamer, Adam Cole versus Masada, and the final match was Adam Cole versus Sammy Callahan. And at this time, they had him paired up with Mia Yim. Oh, they had uh, they had Adam Cole paired up or Sammy yeah, Callahan? Yeah, no, Adam, Adam Cole was paired up with Mia Yim at this time. Okay. In Combat Zone. Yep. Okay. So, the movies I have come up, oh, AJ Styles. Um, I forget what the, this one is called, but an AJ Styles, I have, I have the Big Rig Brody Lee, and I have a couple of other wrestling ones lined up that I'm going to watch. Yeah, I, uh, see that, okay, yeah, that, that ties in with the podcast, so that's perfect, that's awesome. Yeah, like, I can't wait to watch the, um, the, what, the Brody Lee one, Big Rig. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's such a, it's such a, anytime you have a wrestler death in, 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 you know, untimely circumstances, that's, that's obviously very sad, but, but, Talking about Brody Lee, that one hits a little. That one hits a little bit harder because one AEW handled the tribute show absolutely beautifully, and that was one of the one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen watching wrestling. Yep. Um, but um, but secondly, you know, you just hear so much about what a good guy this uh, this guy was. Yep. And it's it's just. It's just kind of like, oh man, you know. Yeah. 
and I'll tell you a story off, off air that I that I, that was told to me. Um, and I'll send you a video of one of his uh, matches. Cool. Like his really early ones. So, uh, say we get on with the show. We have SmackDown. We have Money in the Bank. We have Raw. And then all the fun stuff at the end. Okay, very good. So, Ben, SmackDown, what do we have? I know you were so excited to take this. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a while, but I'm going to ask Elio to, to tip this off the right way. Can you give me a preemptive now look for the SmackDown review? Okay. Now look. Very good. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, Yes. And I will double down on that by saying, now look. SmackDown was an absolute embarrassment. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, No, keep going. I'm just going to look up what what we gave it on the other show. This was... Perhaps the most pitiful excuse for a go-home show for a pay-per-view I have ever seen in my entire life. Because because to kick off the show, ladies and gentlemen, we have a, a segment where the Money in the Bank participants are all on top of ladders to cut their promos, minus, uh... Okay, we gave it a C-minus to a D, is how well, bad it was. Well, yeah, I, I agree with the D. I, I, you know, absolutely. Um, so, of course, Omos was not on the ladder because, you know, good God. That's a cataclysm waiting to happen. But I have a question for you before you go on. Yeah. The main event was a fatal four way. Why didn't you just make a fatal four way? Why do you have to have a stupid battle royal with guys that already qualified for Money in the Bank? Well, and and see, you're already you're already setting the stage for my rant, okay? Because because this, this is one of the situations where I would I would love to rant and just rip this apart. <laughs> But I, I'm, I'm almost like, like I'm so confused. I'm, I'm stunned. Stunned uh, confusion. Oh, there's because, the title. There's the title. Like stunned confusion. <laughs> exactly. So, 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 ladies and ladies and gentlemen. Usually, what happens is. Um, when I watch, when I watch um, SmackDown or Raw, if I have a random comment for Elio, I'll, I'll, I'll text it to him. But we don't, we don't usually text each other back and forth during these shows. Surprisingly, you would think that we would, considering that we run a podcast around these shows. But not, we don't, we really don't talk about it prior to going on the air. Now. SmackDown was a glaring exception, was it? Was it not? Because we had a running fucking commentary going on. Because I could have sworn that this was a last chance battle royal to uh, 
to get into the um, Money in the Bank uh, match at the pay-per-view because... No, no, no. It wasn't just a battle royal. It was a good old-fashioned battle royal. Y- y- yes. <laughs> and, and, um, Stupid. Adam, Adam Pierce made this painfully clear. I ha- ben, I have what to- is wrong with your cousin? Well, uh, many things apparently. Um, because, because, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, if he actually was my cousin, I would, um, I would be having uh, some some words with my esteemed friend Adam. Um, this was one of those situations where I was just completely baffled. Because, first off, I hate these last chance, uh, you know, battle royal things, you know, last chance, fatal four ways, last chance, fatal five ways, last chance, whatever, last chance this, last chance that. It's my last chance to maintain some sanity yeah, before like, I go off the deep end. What's the point of qualifying matches if you can have a last chance? Like, ugh, I don't know. So, so, well, and, and that that's another good question. So, but listen to, listen to the names in the, in this battle royal. And I wasn't the only person that was, was confused because I could have sworn it was a, it was a last chance battle royal because they always do that. But even, even, it, even though after it was confirmed that it's not, I was still confused because check out these names. We got Omos. Ezekiel, Mad Cat Moss, Happy Corbin, The Miz, Seamus, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, and Riddle. <laughs> Nine names, okay. Okay, and the majority of these names, including Omas, uh, Mad Cat Moss, because he won the match, but but. But before before Mad Cat Moss came in, it was Omos, Heavy Corbin, uh, Sheamus, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, and Riddle. They were all in the Money in the Bank ladder match before no, this. Well, he didn't. Mad Cat didn't win this. Uh, Corbin won the Battle Royal. Well, well. Um, well n- n- I know, but but I'm I'm just saying because he he qualified, um, Mad Cat Moss qualified for yeah, the match, yeah, yeah. so no, so that, yeah. that's why I said that. Um, but you know, so the majority of these names were already in the match, so I'm thinking to myself, well, why the hell are they in a battle royal? What's this battle royal for? Well, the answer was given to us courtesy of Michael Cole. He said, this battle royal is for brand supremacy and momentum. What? Doesn't make sense. What? What the the fuck does that... (laughs) What the fuck does momentum have to do with money in the bank? But whatever. So this entire thing was just an absolute clusterfuck. To start out the show, because I'm like, what is the point of this? And and usually I have a problem with with the reviews that I read as I'm going through this, but I actually agree with this one. This was universal. Everybody thought this was stupid. Let me let me let me let me read to you this this 
review reviewers comments on this match. Oh no. Okay, go on. Cuz I I agree with every word of this. He goes, what else is there to say about a match like this? It didn't have any stakes and Corbin was telegraphed as the winner as soon as 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 soon as he was in there because he was the only one not in the ladder match left. It isn't an interesting match, and it wasn't that good, but at least it filled up the first half hour of the show. That's my second complaint. It filled up a half an hour of a two-hour show, and it meant absolutely fucking nothing at all. Oh, Ben, you're even seeing the retro reviews how how much better their time management was uh, in the early days. Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, time management is a problem across the, the, the entire industry of professional wrestling. You know, I just, because I, I have the same complaint with AEW. But it's just, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't mean to harp. We, we've gone over all my points of complaint. But why... What is the point of having a battle royal with no stakes at all? Because this this is why I thought this is why I thought this has to be a last chance battle royal. This this has to be. Even even with even with the people in there, I'm like, why why is why why are participants already in there? But I'm, I'm thinking, uh-huh. Was I seeing this? Was I seeing things wrong? But did the graphics say "Wild well, Last Chance" at the beginning of the show? I didn't see that, but it was just. I'm like, what? What else? What other purpose would this match have? If it if it's not a last chance battle royal. These people make themselves and their fans look so incredibly stupid. And then you have Baron Corbin win the match, which, which, to to this reviewer's point, you know, one once he was the the um the last few left in there, you're like, okay, obviously he has to win because, um. Because, um, you know, he's the only one that's not already advertised for the match. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that, that just illustrates my point even further that this is stupid as fuck. Um, but what, what really irritates me, folks, is he, Corbin, after he wins, he makes this huge deal as if, as if he just won won a ticket to the Super Bowl. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he's jumping up and down, he's making an ass out of himself, you know, he's he's pointing at Pat McAfee and laughing, and <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck are you celebrating, you big baboon? <laughs> what? This, this whole thing didn't mean anything. So then, after they have, I'm just going to skip ahead because it fits with the narrative, and then we'll double back with the other aspects of the show, right? 
but it, it it just fits in nice and nice and smooth with with the uh, conversation we're having. So then, then I'm like, okay, Baron Baron Corbin ben, wins. Ben. I'm just yeah, okay. step away. So Baron Corbin wins this useless battle royal, and then later on in in the main event, it's a it's a fatal four way to determine who gets the last spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match at the pay-per-view on Saturday. Not Sunday, Saturday. So, after all this, I'm like, I'm like, why are we having, why, why are we having a battle royal and a qualifying match? Just do one as a, la- as a last chance scenario and you're good. Like, this is entirely too much work to accomplish a simple goal. So long, so long story short, Mad Cat Moss wins the last chance uh, battle royal. He went, uh, let, me, let me scroll down so I can uh, get the, uh, and get the per- participants. Uh, Corbin and the Miz, he pinned the Miz after he hit a, um, end of days and um, it's just so the entire opening and closing segments of Smackdown were completely u- useless and just it was it was such nonsense I almost can't put my words um, into coherent order to express to you my level of confusion and just my my rage as to why this was this was handled the way it was handled um but but moving on there was another uh segment of this show this could have just been a two segment show based on what people are talking about coming out of smackdown the other the other part of it was we finally got the debut of Max to priest maximum male models and holy shit I need some assistance I I I need my friend Elio to help me with this <laughs> segment as he steps back behind the mic what Ladies and gentlemen on? Ladies and gentlemen if if you don't recall let me let me set let me set the stage for you going back a ways. So before um, before uh, Max Dupree even um, debuted on the main roster, there was a clip of him and the I, bl- I believe it was it was Mace mm-hmm. on a. Um, on a SmackDown uh, dark segment where they were kind of, they were kind of you know running running the gimmick of you know of Mace as the model and you know uh, I see. Well, uh, well, you're you're jumping the gun here. So. No, I'm saying I'm just saying it to myself. It's such a stupid name. Go on. So. So you know we so we we had an idea that this was coming for a long time based on that footage that was leaked online, and then and, and then Max Dupree 
finally debuts on television. And, you know, he's, he, he constantly has these backstage statements with Adam Pierce, um, you know, teasing the debut of the Maximum Male Models, and, and it, it keeps getting delayed, and it was this entire time I'm thinking, they have no idea what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> they, they, I, I, I bet you they don't even know who the Maximum Male Models are going to be, because quite frankly, who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? You know, no, nobody's going to care about this. And, and let me make something perfectly clear. Before before I get um, before I get sidetracked in in, in the uh, in the bullshit that was this segment, let me just say something uh, in all seriousness beforehand. I really like uh, you know the the performer known as e, as Eli Drake, L.A. Knight, and Max Dupree. I I have always thought that this guy was great. I, I, I liked him in Impact Wrestling. I, I liked him in NXT. And the guy is trying to make it work. The gimmick sucks, but I give credit to, to, the, to the performer for making it work. Or trying to make that work. Now, that being said... This is absolutely atrocious. I was looking at this as if I was witnessing a disaster live on the air. I, I couldn't take my eyes off of it, no matter how badly I wanted to. I was, I was, I was, I was, the last time I was this confused watching wrestling was, was the first time I saw the Bray Wyatt promo for the Funhouse. I was standing in front of my TV, like, looking at the watches, like, what? (laughs) I couldn't help but laugh because it was so stupid. Because, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, oh shit. So... So first, he brings out Marseille. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> and, and if you're asking, if you're asking who the fuck is Marseille, it's the former mace of uh, uh, retribution fame. And I don't know which can make us worse, brother, retribution with this shit, because. Holy fuck! Wait, no, tell, tell, tell the next uh, person in there. Well, well, let me. Uh, I, I'm getting there, but just give, give me a yeah, second. Yep, so go ahead. So Mace comes out, and um, and Max Dupree is uh, is talking this guy up, and I swear to God. I don't know if you've noticed this, Elio, but for some for some reason, I think Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard have um, have developed what I'll call a phallic fascination because <laughs> we have had um, 
we have had these segments going on and on with the Mrs. Balls and, you know, and all of them and stuff. And not only that, but uh, Max Dupree called special attention to to the measurements of Massey's massive inseam. Now, I I don't remember what he said the measurement was, but he made special mention of Massey's inseam measurements, and I'm like, oh my god, what are they doing? Is this this the precursor to a porno scene? What is this? (laughs) So then, as I'm getting over my terror of what I'm witnessing with Massey, that is not the only maximum male model debuting this evening. We also have Mansois. <laughs> Mansois, ladies and gentlemen. What is this? The, the former <laughs> Mansour. Well, I, have a, I, have a, I have a question for you on. Now they have their stupid uh, shows that they run. Every year in November, around November, okay, that shall not be named. Yes. Isn't this guy the like the highlight of those shows? Yes. Yes. So what happens? I... What happens when they have these shows? And uh, what is he gonna return for one night only? I don't know. I would assume. <laughs> I would assume, but. So we got we got Marseille and Mansois. This is atrocious. Now, now there was one one thing that I want to give that I want to give Mansois credit for. Okay, he got himself in the shape of his life for this. Did you see? Now, now I, I know, you know, I know we're making in-scene jokes and shit, but, but, I, but in all seriousness, did you see how good Mansoor looks? Yeah. And how see. big he got. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, completely different, yeah. Good, I mean, good for you, buddy. I mean, this, I don't think this gimmick is going to work for shit. Uh, you know, I... I mean, I expect them to be guests on the old Jenny Jones program, you know, uh, you know, or or um, or Rosie O'Donnell, you know, alongside a little MJF <laughs> back in the day. That, that's how that's how stupid these motherfuckers look. But that being said, uh, I I do want to give I do want to give credit to. Um, you know, uh, Max Dupree and Mansois because they tried their asses off to make uh, this work. Uh, there's one. There's one more thing about this. This one, I I find the catchphrase disturbing. Uh, yes. Uh, Max Dupree's catchphrase is I find that disturbing. And they even put it up on the screen too, behind the, the guy. Why don't Why don't you tell Why don't you tell the people what his catchphrase is? Oh. To To titillate the very juices of your guilty pleasures. <laughs> <laughs> what? And, and yet, 
Yeah, you ask you ask me why I'm comparing this to a porno scene. What? This is atrocious, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Here's what I find extra terrifying. Children are watching this. But yeah, okay, this was a little point of raw, but you know what? I also give this as a high point because of Pat McAfee's reaction. The way he sold it afterwards. Well, yeah. You mean he was low, hilarious. The low point of SmackDown. Yes, everything everything that uh, Pat McAfee touches turns to gold. So <laughs> I, I, I understand that. But it, it's just, you know, I was very thankful that no one from my family came in my room at this particular point in time because... I would rather them catch me watching actual porn than watch it, than watching this segment with Francois and Marseille. I mean, good God. At this point, I have one child down the stairs in the family room watching TV, another one upstairs in my brother's room watching TV, so I'm good. I don't have to worry about people walking in. Exactly. Um, so it's just... I am. Uh, I'm. I'm just done with this. And then, <laughs> oh, and then so the the other the other low point. Can we can we please, for the sweet love of God, stop with Ronda Rousey? Holy crap! You know, after um, after Natalia's segment with the stroller last week. I you know I've I've just had enough. I've had enough that this entire show sucks. That I mean it's just SmackDown is a fucking embarrassment. The only, the only highlight I gave was um Oh, the, you had a, you had a highlight. One, one, one because the show sucks. One is the women's six the six women tag match. Well, that's being awfully generous, but uh, but okay. It's, I don't even have a high point. This entire show is low points because see, th- th- there are two um, there are two buzzwords that I used early early on in this in this show's history as to what I look for in professional wrestling, and that is logic. And consistency in in booking, and none of this from the whole uh, you know opening and closing segment crap to to the maximum male models, you know whatever the fuck that was. I I don't even know what to well, I don't even know what to coin that. You know how in the hell. Is this supposed to titillate anybody's? <laughs> I've, I've never heard so many phallic jokes on what's supposed to be a PG show. You know, it's just it's just not good. Okay, this is bad. A, a two-hour show and they only had three matches. 
Yes, and... Now, hold on, Ben, before you go on. I'm just reading something on the WrestlingData.com because I have SmackDown open. Okay. Overall, the three matches of this event contain 39 minutes of... 39 minutes and 14 seconds of in-ring action. Out of two hours. In total, 39 minutes of ring-ring action. Out of two hours. Holy (laughs) fucking shit. I'm just... You know, go on, I'm just looking. I'm curious of the ratings of each match. You know, and and I just... You call this a go-home show to a a major pay-per-view on your calendar? Oh, my God. Oh. Oh. Okay. You have the floor, sir. Uh, every match on this uh, show got two stars. So, well, I, well, I think even that's being awfully generous. So, what? Thirty-three percent each. Okay, thirty-three percent each. Thirty-three percent gave it two. Gave the whole show two star rating. Thirty-three gave it a three star, and thirty-three gave it a four star. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What is going on? Sixty-six percent of the population on that website are a bunch of low IQ morons. Oh, because if you can give this a three or four star rating, I don't know what the fuck you're watching. So uh, yeah, 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 the actual rating because I just uh, noticed this. Uh, so it it was a two point one. They went with a two point one rating for oh. this. But, oh, but so before we before we move on from from SmackDown, this is this is the definition of a throwaway show that nobody should give a no, fuck about. This is bad. Oh. But but I just to state my own curiosity, um, what was the reaction on Wrestling POV regarding this episode of SmackDown? Oh, it was bad. Uh, we we gave it a low grade. It was terrible. Uh, like, and we even agreed with the opening match that that it did not make sense at all. It was just stupid. It was ridiculous. Like, there, actually, there was... hold on. Let me give. Let me see the high point that I actually gave. Yeah, basically that uh, that six woman tag match, and uh, that's uh, that's. That's me being generous because overall the show was just was just terrible. My God, it was, it's just you know, and I, I'm probably underselling how how awful this this match was. Um, how, or I'm sorry, how awful the show was because when I was first watching the you know the opening segment and and then the opening match. I was, Elio can, can confirm for me, I was sending him a stream of texts. Like, what <laughs> What the fuck is this? Ben, ben was a very angry young man. <laughs> like, 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 help me understand it, because the, the one thing that I just, I cannot abide in any sense and this isn't just wrestling. This is like this life. Uh, I don't. I really have a problem when somebody uh, insults my intelligence. 
and um, and I, I I really felt like this show was a prime example of that. I really do. Um, and um, you know that's that's a common complaint when it comes to WWE, but. Uh, this episode of SmackDown was the epitome of a waste of time. All right. Uh, so is this all we? Uh, is that we have for uh, the SmackDown? Um. Thankfully, yes. <laughs> okay. So we uh, so move on to Money in the Bank. Yeah, and do you want to take the lead on that one? Since yeah, I let me just, talked uh, a lot. Let me just pull up the results here. <clears throat> Yes, Elio uh, is going to participate in this edition of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. And I've got and I've got like the wrestling wrestling data open so I can actually go through the ratings of each match. Yeah. And then give the overall. Which was Okay. Uh, here we go. With the opening match, it was a women's Money in the Bank match. And Elio, keep talking. I'm just going to step aside real fast. All, All right. right. So the, the first match was a women's Money in the Bank match, and I thought this was a really good opening match. Really enjoyed everything about it. The, the one spot where Becky Lynch placed a ladder between the ring apron and the commentator, the announce table. Then she had Asuka on there, and she went to climb up on top of another ladder. She was going to jump, and the way she landed was really awkward, because uh, the ladder was supposed to break, and it didn't break at all, and I don't, I don't think that was supposed to happen the way it did, but nonetheless, that this was a great match, and I'm looking at the ratings on here. And uh, 50% went with zero stars, and well, another, well, the other, another 50% gave it a two star, which I disagree with because I thought this was a good match. Then, in the second match for the United States Championship, we had Bobby Lashley defeating Theory to become the new United States Champion. Yes, and in my opinion, um, this was... Hold on, hold on, hold on, sorry. Before we, before you go on, uh, do you have anything to add to the opening Money in the Bank match? Well, I'll, I'll say this. Um, one, and most importantly, I am very happy for Liv Morgan. Uh, yeah. she, um, she deserves it. Um, she has, she has paid her dues, um... She's been the victim of some of the most inconsistent booking I've ever seen, um, and um, I was I was really very very um, very, very happy for her. Um, I'm not sure how long this lasts in, in in the larger picture of the women's division, um, especially especially when you consider the upcoming returns of Charlotte and Bailey and. And things like that, but having for, for the for the moment and the career evening that she had, um, you know this is this is fantastic. And if if they're gonna go anywhere with it with this rain, um, I, I definitely I definitely want to see 
um, what Liv Morgan can do with it. Um, now, I, I, I will say this. Um, well, actually, no, I'll, I'll save my next comment for the Raw review because it was on Raw. Okay, um, yeah, so good, but, good for you for winning this match. Yes, absolutely. And overall, um, I wasn't impressed with the women's match very much at all. Um, I, it just, it came off as sloppy, um, you know. While while you slipped away, I was brought brought up that one spot that where Becky had Asuka on the ladder, and the ladder was placed between the apron and the announce table, and, uh, that landing, I don't think that was supposed to happen that way. Uh, no, not, not at all, and, um. That that ladder was, was meant to break. And the other, well, it's ladders, so it's inanimate objects. So sometimes you're you're playing Russian roulette when it comes to inanimate objects in professional wrestling. So, oh, um, and the, hold on, the one spot where Shotzi was busted open. Yeah, well, sh- no, I I didn't, but um, Shotzi, um, perhaps a little bit even unfairly. Um, she took a lot of, um, of heat online for her, uh, performance, uh, in this match. She had, I will say, I do think she had an off night. Um, she definitely had a few, uh, missteps there. She tripped at one point. Yeah, but she, she landed hard on that ladder. She busted her because they showed, the camera showed all the blood. Like, yeah, well, yeah. Well, I don't want to see anybody getting hurt, and I'm, I'm oh. sure... I'm certainly not going to rip Shotzi Blackheart a new one like I've seen um, since uh, Saturday because I I honestly really like her and yeah. you know, I, I, I hate wrestling fans. Yeah, try stepping into the ring and doing what these uh, guys do, and then uh, tell me that uh, it's easy. You know, and, and and we're we're guilty too. You know, we we've certainly ripped a few um, in our day, um, but um, but I, I would like to think that we have um, justifiable reason for doing so. So I will I will admit that she had an off night, but I'm not ready to um, you know call for Shotzi to get fired. Yeah. All right. So next match, your thoughts on theory uh, Lashley match. So, uh, Theory and Lashley, um, this was one of the best, uh, Bobby Lashley matches I've, I've seen, um, and, um, you know, and good for him. I was kind of surprised now, um, that, uh, Lashley got the win, um, because obviously I didn't, I didn't foresee what would end up happening later in the evening, um, We'll certainly get to that in detail because I want to have a debate of sorts with my uh, with my co-host here. So this podcast might be end up being a little bit longer than he anticipated because um, I do I do want to have a little bit of a fiery debate here. Um, but um, yes, I think I think we're going to get a little bit ranty, perhaps. Uh, when it comes to discussing um, Austin Theory winning uh, Mr. Money of the Bank th- uh, this year, um, but ha- having said that, the mat the match itself was was 
I thought was one of the highlights of the night. And, um, you know, good, good for Bobby Lashley, you know, and it was, it was really cool, um, for, um, for him to, um, to be in this position, you know, especially like, you know, July 4th holiday weekend. And, you know, we all know his, his military background. So I, I, I just thought it was cool. And, and the match came off really well. And the reaction that Bobby's been getting lately, um, even, you know, on Monday Night Raw to follow up, man, he, he's definitely getting that baby-faced reaction. Um, so good for him. And, um, you know, clearly they got bigger things in mind for um, Austin Theory, uh, which, which, which I don't even disagree that Austin Theory is the, the next guy. Um, I, I think that goes without question, um, but a little bit later on, once we once we start talking about uh, the Money in the Bank ladder match for the men, uh, we're gonna have a little bit of a, a little bit of a heated uh, segment here, and um, and just uh, get ready and uh, make sure you have your popcorn ready for that. But in the meantime. Uh, let's move on to the next match. So, uh, well, before we do that, uh, so this match got uh, three stars, according to wrestling data. I'm, I'm good with that. What did what did the? Sorry, you uh, you might have mentioned this while I was off the air, but what did the? Oh yeah, um, first match get this one. Fifty uh, percent gave it zero. Well, another fifty gave it two stars. Uh, I, I agree. I, I was I was not impressed whatsoever with the with the overall women's match. I was very happy with the result, but the match not so much. So the next uh, match we have was Bianca Belair defending the Raw Women's Championship against Carmella. Uh, yeah, this one for me it felt like a short match. This one. Well, it, it really was, and. Um, you know, I didn't. I didn't necessarily have a problem with with how this match uh, was put together or or the result. Because, um, quite frankly, um, when you have um, Bianca Belair in the ring with Carmella, it's kind of it's kind of obvious what the outcome is going to be. Now, now having said that. Let, let me say this for Carmella because I I, I I don't want it to I don't want it to come off like I'm bashing Carmella because I actually hands the guy I'm not joking I think um, I think Carmella is much more talented um, in the ring than she's given credit for and um, you know her her charisma is on point. Um, you know, I, I have mentioned a few times in the past. I get a little I, I get a little bit um, wary of the interactions between her and Corey Graves, and uh, Corey just having absolute meltdowns every time that uh, that uh, Carmella shows up on the screen. Yeah, but can you stop, please? Well, yeah, I would, I would, I would ask them to back it down a couple notches when it comes to that. But, yeah. but even with that, I kind of, I kind of understand it. One, that's their characters, and two, um, they are legitimately uh, 
I think they're married at this point. I'm not 100% yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're married. I'm, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they know they're married. Well, uh, congratulations on that one for sure. And I, I'm not, and I'm, I'm not being a smartass. It, 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 whenever people are, are legitimately happy and um, enjoying their lives, I, I, I cheer for the, I cheer for them on that one. I, I uh, you know, I don't have a problem with that at all. So, uh, good on them. And um, Carmela is. Uh, Definitely more talented than what she gets credit for, and um, and yeah, I do. I want to see this again at SummerSlam. No, um, I think I think the match accomplished what it needed to, and at Money in the Bank, and and we'll see what what happens uh, with the women's division. But they desperately need uh, Bailey to come back yeah, uh, they, uh, to kind of pick shit up. And they gave this one a two-star, which I agree with. Absolutely. Next, we had the Raw Tag Team titles. And this, for me, was the match of the night. Street Profits versus the Usos. This was from beginning to end. This was a great match. This was absolutely incredible. Yep. Uh, You know, I think... I think we have um, we've seen a, a, a few uh, tag matches this year, at least one or two that I think would uh, qualify as match of the year uh, candidates. Uh, the first one being FTR and Briscoes at Supercard of Honor, and then the oh god, what was the um, there, there was there, there was one more at a. Uh, AEW pay-per-view earlier this year. Uh, it was um, the I think it was Lucha Brothers and um, FTR in the cage. Does that sound uh, right? Um, I I could be wrong, but it's it's escaping me at this moment. But yeah, I think it was Lucha Brothers. Um, I can't be sure at the moment. Um, but um. But that neither here, neither here nor there. But this match certainly for the WWE was the uh, tag team match of the year. And um, this match, Ben, how, how many? How, what rating did, did would you say this one got? I, I mean, I would give this a four and a half. I really would. This match was fantastic. This match got five. I have no problem with that. Yeah. None. None whatsoever. Absolutely. No, I asked you to guess because this is the first one that I've seen on this website that since we started doing the using this uh, site, this is the first time I've seen one getting a five. Yeah, well, um, justifiably so. And um, can we can we talk about uh, you know just how freakishly talented Montez Ford is? Mm-hmm. And that, I'm gonna ask you a question after after we're done with this re- review. Yeah, I mean, sh- shout out to those guys because um, they they absolutely killed it, and um, you know, and, and let's not get, let's not get lost in how talented the Usos are. I mean, we, you know, they they've made the news for for not so good reasons. Um, 
you know, and, and we all know what that is, but I'm, but in the ring, they are absolutely phenomenal at what they do. But at least he got their, their stuff together and they took responsibility and like some people. Or did you hear about that? Uh, no, I didn't hear about that. What? Apparently Jeff Hardy uh, pleaded not guilty to everything. Well, I, I don't know how that's going to swing. I, I don't know. I like it's how, on. How, how, how do you do that? How do you think I'm guilty when yeah, it's on camera? Just but like, yeah, I'm done with talking about that. But go on. But I mean, it's on camera, and like the part that I I haven't I haven't seen the Usos take responsibility for for that. So uh, maybe you know something that I don't. Um, but um, but as as to Jeff Hardy. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how, how he expects a, a not guilty plea to fly because it's on video. No, like, like least, no. What I meant to say was like, at least the Usos got their stuff together, and like uh, when uh, they got arrested, they got arrested. They didn't say, "Well, we're not guilty." They took it. Is what I meant. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but it, but it's like. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel bad for Jeff, and I, I, I don't want to have that conversation again. Uh, we've had that on a very recent yeah. edition of the show. But, uh, to, so, any more to add to this match? No, I mean, it was it was fantastic. And, and you know, if you if you haven't seen this card, um, that is the that is the match that you have to see from this from this card. Now this next one, I was not looking forward to at all, and I thought this was a low point of the night. Natalia versus Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, the only thing that saved this for me was the end, with uh, Liv Morgan cashing in and winning. Yeah, and, and once again, uh, shout out to um, to Liv Morgan. Um, I'm super glad she got her moment, and um, and yeah, that's good. But this, um, but this run with Ronda Rousey, her second run in the company, God, it sucks. Ben, like, what would you what would you give this uh, match? Like a one and a half. Okay, people gave this a three. They are entirely too charitable. But but people really are really stupid out here. Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey. What would you give that? What the cash in? Yeah, because they actually added that in on the on the list I'm seeing here. Well, and I don't. Th- I I don't think you can rate the actual cash in. Um, I, I mean, I will tell you, I was concerned that Liv was going to tap out when uh, when Ronda locked in the ankle lock, which would which. This would have been an entirely different conversation. I would have been ranting and raving like SmackDown level shit had that been the case. Um, but I, uh, I'll i be interested to hear what this rating is, but I can't really give it a rating. So, like, you can't you, you can't rate the match itself because it's a cash-in, is what you're saying, right? Yes. 100% gave this a zero. Well, you know... I don't know. I mean, 
I, I can see that, but but then again, like I don't think it was an actual match. It was a cash in. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I, like that's why I, that's why I'm confused because here they have it listed as match number six. Yeah, that's that's a little weird. And that brings us to our main event. This was the men's money in the bank letter match, and. This one messed everyone on the people points game up really bad because everyone was picking Seth Rollins to win and Ben who won? Austin Theory. Now would you would you mind if I took the um, imaginary mic for a moment? Okay. Please Here. Uh, there you go. Wait, I'm, uh, there, there you go. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. <laughs> because, because I um, I have a lot to say about this. Okay. Now, now let's let, let's consider the all the lead ups to to the Money in the Bank ladder match first. Now. From that perspective, it makes absolutely no sense. It is it is asinine and dumb as shit. And my and my argument for that and and let me just say, nothing about what I'm going to say reflects my feelings about Austin Theory. I think Austin Theory is great. I do. So this has nothing to do with him. This is this is how Money in the Bank was was built prior to the pay per view and prior to uh, to Adam Pearce putting him in the match, right? So that makes absolutely no sense. And my and my confusion there is if that was the plan, then why in the world? Did you waste our time with all of the qualifying matches? And, and and let me be clear: qualifying matches need to happen for Money in the Bank because there have been there have been prior years where they haven't done them, and I'm 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 just like screaming for meaningful television with qualifying matches. But given how you bucked this with Austin Theory. What the fuck was the point of, of four weeks of television going into Money in the Bank? Um, so that that was my first problem. Uh, my, my second problem is, um, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna explore both sides of this to to be fair because. Um, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not one of those guys who picks a side and is so and is so you know stamp your flag on on this and nobody else could possibly have it, a point of validity. So I'm going to bring up both both sides of this. Now, personally, I don't like the fact that Austin Theory won this match. Um. One, because he had nothing to do with Money in the Bank whatsoever. Nothing. It was all about, um, you know, Bobby Lashley and the U.S. title and the pose downs and the throwbacks to Triple H and Scott Steiner from 2003. 
I mean, I want to see. Yeah, I yeah, I'm I'm not interested. Um, and then the the second part of this, well, um, I I heard people saying, well, he's a heel, so it makes sense, and you know, he's Mr. McMahon's uh, protege, and this and the other thing. Um. I, I get that, you know, he's a heel, he snuck his way into the match, but you, this, this is what gets me, a couple, a couple weeks ago on SmackDown, we had a, we had a, another situation that, similar to the one that opened the show this week, that absolutely had me blowing a gasket. If you recall... Uh, Drew, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus came out to the ring and um, they had had a qualifying match the, the prior week where both men got counted out so neither one of them qualified for, for Money in the Bank and then Adam Pearce put them both in the Money in the Bank later that night only to take them back out again and then, and then they won their match in the main event and were put back into Money in the Bank for, like, a third time. And at this point, my head is spinning because I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? This is this has to be some of the most convoluted Money in the Bank booking that I've ever seen. So, for, from that perspective, the Money in the Bank build for the entire pay-per-view sucked. It sucked. And the actual show... Delivered by and large. I thought Money in the Bank was very, very, very good. But when you bring Austin Theory out as the surprise eighth contestant, what was the point of a month's worth of television? What was the point of all the bullshit you pulled with Sheamus and Drew McIntyre? Um, what, what what was the point with all that last chance stuff on Raw and SmackDown? And pretty much a, a month of television, not only on one brand but two, was full of shit. And 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 let's and let's not get this twisted. One of these shows, it was complete bullshit for a month. That being Monday Night Raw, because that was also involved in Money in the Bank, they don't have a champion on their show. So this was the main focus of your show for a month, and this is what you do with Money in the Bank. So I, I, I'm, I'm like, well, what the, what the fuck, what the fuck is that? Now, on, on, on the positive side of, of this. I suppose, because I am I am ardently in in the in the camp of this is the wrong call. But on on the positive side, we talked about Liv Morgan, right? Mm-hmm. And how and how great that was, and and, and they kind of did the same thing for Austin Theory, you know, putting the strap, um, putting the rocket ship on his back and lighting that bitch on fire. Um, you know, at, at Money in the Bank. And like I said, I love Austin Theory, but I have a fear that this is entirely the wrong time for him to be doing this. 
entirely the wrong time because, okay, he wins money in the bank, but who are the, who's the champion right now? Roman Reigns. Right. What, what and, and, but, but no, it, it's not, it's not just Roman Reigns and theory. Like, but there's so much more to, that goes into this. Think about, think about Cody Rose. What was the story they were telling? They were starting to tell with him when he came back. Mm-hmm. What what's what and what? What's the story with with Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins? What was the story with Roman Reigns and Riddle? See, that's why I said. That's why I said. You know, it, it's either going to be Seth Rollins or Riddle. My official pick. For the Money in the Bank men's ladder match was was Seth Rollins or was right. Seth Rollins, um, um, for for the very reason of like there's so much that you can do with um, with the visionary character of Seth Rollins, the history of Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins in the Shield, and then you have you have Roman feud with 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 um, Seth until Cody comes back, and then and that perfectly ties in with Cody and Seth and, and their battle to determine who faces Reigns for the for the undisputed title. That would have been that would have been a perfect storytelling, perfect arc, because prior to Cody Rhodes getting injured. Every single thing that they did with Cody Rhodes was right on the money. You and you, and ladies and gentlemen, you know that I if I don't like something about WWE booking, I am not shy about telling you, like this shit is terrible. I've done plenty of that on this show already, and we're we're barely an hour into this motherfucker. Um, but. I, but I have to tell you the truth. On so many levels, Austin Theory is the right guy at the wrong time. Yeah. Um, because um, do you do you, with with all of those factors that I just mentioned? Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns. And and all of that. Where does Austin Theory fit into all that? Nowhere. That's why I was so I was confused when I when I was sitting there watching an Austin Theory climbing up the ladder and winning money in the bank. It's like and, this makes no sense. And and not and and not only that, folks. Let's talk. Let's talk about the actual the actual money in the bank men's match for a second. Right, so prior to um, so, so okay, let me let me settle down so I can I can make sense, okay? Because I I get a little I get a little bit heated, but I I think I I think I did a good job explaining why I I don't I don't think Austin Theory is the right guy. I think I laid that out pretty well for you, um, in a very logical. Fashion. So let's do the same thing with the actual 
the actual match. Now, I mentioned earlier that I did not like the women's match at all. Mm-hmm. It was the complete opposite for the men's match. I mm-hmm. loved it. I, I thought it was great. Here's the, pro- here's the problem, though. Almost everything about that match was executed perfectly. The, the, the second that Austin Theory was announced by Adam Pierce as a surprise um, contestant, I, I sound like the, I, I sound like I'm hosting an episode of The Price is Right. I should say the surprise entrant into Money in the Bank. The second that that happened, I'm like, oh shit, Austin Theory's winning, yeah. and it took me out of the match completely. I, I ladies and gentlemen. I actually, at the at the time that that Austin Theory was announced, I didn't do this on purpose. My my feed for Money in the Bank cut out. Oh, I, oh wait, what do you watch Money in the Bank on? Uh, Peacock. And they cut out. Yeah, they cut out in the middle of the match. How? Like why? Is it for just like that or? Uh, well, does he know? Like, does he usually do that? No, but on this on this particular occasion, it did. So, long story short, I'm, you know, I had to wait until the replay at like midnight to to uh, to, to get a look at, at the majority of this match. Okay. But but my my point being is that is it was fitting that that happened, and I wasn't and I wasn't really especially pissed off. Because the second Austin Theory came out, I knew that Austin Theory was going to win that match. I knew it because he, he lost the United States title. So what other purpose would he have mm-hmm. in the Money in the Bank ladder match as a surprise entrant if he wasn't going to win it? So I was completely taken out of that match. And then I actually watched the match later, later that night, and I thought that match was awesome. And Austin Theory had almost nothing to do with the match, outside of two minutes, and he climbed up and got the, got the briefcase. I mean, good good God, folks! So so, like I said, right guy. We all know that that Austin Theory is is the next guy, and I have no problem with that. That kid is right. Randy Orton at his age on crack. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, the, the kid has got everything that he needs to be the next guy. He, no complaints there, but not right now. No. With every single thing that you have going on, you just wiped away almost everything by doing this, and and I see people, uh, I saw people online prior to the show. Why are you guys complaining about Austin Theory winning? You always want new stars to be built. Okay, and- I saw this exact thing on TikTok. Uh, people were really like, we're saying this thing, this very thing. Okay, Why? well, one, I just explained it very articulately. Yep. Why? Why I have a problem with it? I love new stars being built. I just spent I just spent twenty minutes earlier on in the show 
talking about how Liv Mor- I'm so happy for Liv Morgan. Mm-hmm. I thought the match sucked, but the the ending was great. Uh, the, you know, the cash-in on Ronda Rousey, I mean, holy shit, that's a career night for Liv Morgan. Um, so, new stars being built, I have no problem with. It's how you do it. It, it. it has to be done at the right time. It has to be done with the right story. You can't. You can't just. The storyline can't be he jumps the line because he's Mr. McMahon's bitch. All right. And that's the story. Am I? Am I wrong? No, like that. That's uh, that's uh, what they uh, the story they told there. You know, build build him build him up. Have him win match after match after match. You know, give it give him a solid run with the U.S. title. You know, put put him put him in with the Intercontinental title. God knows the Intercontinental title needs to be well it needed to be resuscitated before it was put on Gunther. I think I think Gunther being the Intercontinental champion is fucking awesome. Yeah, but but that but Ludwig is uh, getting on my nerves. Well, well, he he is he is uh, to uh, to um, Gunther what Flavor Flav what it is to um, Public Enemy. That that's that that's what Ludwig Kaiser is. So I don't, I don't have a problem with. It. No, um, no, no! I'm saying like, I, like I'm gonna see him wrestle. I want to see him just standing around the ringside. I want to see him in the ring. Yeah, because ladies and ladies and gentlemen, if you were not frequent watchers of uh, of um, NXT Black and Gold, Marcel Bartel, aka Ludwig Kaiser, can fucking go. Yeah. Uh, have you ever heard of Imperium? Uh, watch it now, urgently. <laughs> go and, and and while you're at it, because we're gonna get into, into this on Monday Night Raw. But I mean, we're just but we had a lot to talk about regarding Money in the Bank. Well, while you're at it, watching old NXT Black and Gold, watch Tommaso Ciampa before he became the Mrs. Bitch. <laughs> Oh! Holy shit, folks! Okay, so is this all we have? Is all we have for uh, money in the bank? Well, well, I feel like I talked a lot about about the uh, money in the in the bank main event. What did you think of Austin Theory winning? No, like I like like we said, we said on the other show. Um. On WPOB, and we were all confused because it made no sense to have him winning Money in the Bank. Because look, you have so many stories, like you said, Seth and Cody, Seth and Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns and Riddle. Now, see the story I went with: Seth wins, Cody returns, wins the Rumble, and you have WrestleMania. Yep, I okay. agree. What story are they going to tell with Austin Theory with uh, him winning Money in the Bank? Well, he's, wait, wait, he's, who, wait, who, what story with who? 
Well, he's certainly not going to beat Roman Reigns. (laughs) (laughs) No, who cashed out Brock Lesnar? Before anything, he is not going to beat Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar, people. So, so this does not help Austin Theory. The way the no, money in the bank, the Money in the Bank briefcase is intended to elevate people's careers. Doing it now, yep. Like let's let's say Austin Theory were to win the Money in the Bank briefcase next year. This is an entirely different conversation. If, if if Austin Theory wins Money in the Bank next year, I'm I'm sitting here five years into this podcast doing doing this. I'm jumping up and down in excitement in my chair. I'm like, oh, they finally, you know, they finally, they finally did something right. Oh my! But like everything else, the WWE booking—they pull the trigger. And you want to make phallic jokes? Let's make a phallic joke. Uh, Mister Mister McMahon got all got himself all excited, all in the ladder, and he blew his load too early on Austin Theory winning oh. Money in the Bank. Oh. <laughs> okay. So overall, the rating. What would you give this pay per view? Um, I would give it. I would give it an eight overall. I really enjoyed it. No, 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 no. I on this one, it's one to zero to five. I mean, uh, okay. Like, well, like, like, like uh, on this rating, according to this, what would you give it? I'll give it a four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fifty-four percent. Give this a four. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, uh, I'm with you. This was a uh, eight out of ten. This was a good paper. Absolutely. All right, now that uh, brings us to Monday Night Raw. <laughs> oh, boy. Elio, I kind of commandeered half your shit on Money in the Bank, so I'm going to let you take the lead on Monday Night Raw. So let, let me go get the Money in, uh, money, money in the Bank. Money in the Raw. I got money, I know, money in the bank and money at raw, like, uh, confused, so still had that open. Okay, here we are. Oh, dear. So, the opening match, we had the Mysterios and Tom uh, defeating Judgment Day. Now, hold on, there's one thing we didn't talk about, that money in the bank. Yeah. That vignette that they played. Yeah. I, I, you know, I find, I find social media so funny, but yet so annoying. Everybody was like, oh my God, it's, it's Bray Wyatt. Oh my God, there's a gold medal in the promo. It must be Gabe Stevenson. Or uh, Gabe Stevenson, I'm sorry. Um, and I'm like, hold on, did did, did, did you you hear the other one? Yeah, and, and it, but it makes much more sense that it's Edge. No, but the true, the other one, the other theory about that. Uh, no, I, I I must have missed that. What, what was you, it? Someone said, "What if they're going back to two thousand five and read, and this is Dominic's heel turn, and they're going with the Eddie is his real father." Because there was a license plate that says L.A. and then Heat. 
Oh my god. You people <laughs> suck. <laughs> I hate you, wrestling fans. You wrestling fans are fucking stupid. Just stop. But if you listen to we love you, but you're still stupid. <laughs> Go on. Well, no, no, let me, let me clarify. If you're listening to this show, you're not stupid. Only if you're coming up with uh, weird uh, ideas about what stuff could be I mean, behind but, certain things. But if, but if you're a conspiracy theorist on the level of Jesse Ventura or Ted Nugent, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Ted shut the fuck up. Oh, and I, I like Ted Nugent, you know, good, good Lord, but it's just, you know, okay, we're not going to get political on the show, but I, but it's just, this isn't a conspiracy theory, this isn't oh. Becky, this isn't Becky Lynch, speaking of, okay, real quick, real quick, let's, let's jump back. Oh, what the fuck? And I, 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 I repeat myself. What the fuck was Becky Lynch wearing at Money in the Bank? Oh, yeah. I don't know what that was. <laughs> what the... I, I, I texted you like, what the... You know? Yeah. But, um... Hold on. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, so uh, the next uh, match, I don't want to hear any more about Miz's whatever. Stop with that. AJ Styles and Miz, uh, a decent match, but I don't want to hear any more about it. And, and did, you, did you see the Instagram post with Maurice and uh, the Miz oh, no. today? So, so Maurice is like she's got her head by uh, by the by the Mrs. Bejeweled, uh, you know, speedo oh or whatever. And she's okay. like, I, she's like, I can I can assure you they're they're uh, they're huge. You know, like I speak from experience. I'm like, I I know it's a gimmick, but like, what the fuck is happening here? What is going on here? Uh, I I can assure you, I I have never cared less about a man's balls in my entire. <laughs> 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 oh, like, what is going on here? <laughs> like I don't care. Like what? Like why do we have to mention Mike Mazzanin's ball sack? <laughs> so the okay, actually going back a bit. Uh, so the opening match got a three, a, a three rating. Because that was a that was a, a pretty good match. This one got a two, Miz and AJ Styles. And let but let's talk about Tommaso Ciampa teaming up with the Miz. Oh. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. What no. are you doing, te- of all people? Why the Miz? Okay, now I'm go- I'm going to just just in case there are listeners on of this show that don't know what NXT Black and Gold is, first of all, I'm sorry if you don't know what that is or you've never seen it, but there is not one theory on God's green earth where Tommaso Ciampa should be Mike Mazzana's bitch. I'm sorry. You know, Johnny Gargano's got to be rolling out. Wherever he is, he's got to be rolling over 
is in absolute shock at what the fuck is transpiring here. This is a joke. You know, people people were blowing up over Logan Paul signing with WWE. I don't give a shit. I want to talk about Tommaso Ciampa being strapped with the fucking Miz. Now, I don't have a problem with the Miz. I'm not I'm not particularly a fan of the Miz in the ring, but he he's entertaining on the mic. He does his thing. I don't care about his balls, but I I I <laughs> but I don't care about the Miz. I care about Tommaso Ciampa. This guy should be at the top of the card. This guy should be making the most money in any company that he's in. He should be he should be having five star matches with AJ Styles, Finn Bauer, you know, uh, Damian Damian Priest. He's, he should be a Hall of Fame level talent. The way that he should have been booked in WWE main roster is the same way he should have been booked. With NXT, you know, I, you know what I have. I had a line back when we reviewed NXT, and, and Elio, you'll remember this. Uh, I would always say, if they fuck this guy up on the main roster, I, 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 I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. I was, and and I'm making a lot of noise because I'm trying to do a podcast. But ladies, ladies and gentlemen. I am stunned stupid. My IQ is now lower for the fact that Tommaso Ciampa is associated with the Miz. And here's the thing. I saw Road Dog into a back and forth with somebody on Twitter where Road Dog said that T- Tommaso Ciampa was getting a rub by being in the ring with a superstar at the level of the Miz. I'm sorry. I I didn't hear you correctly, Mr. Dog. You mean to tell me that a man that was on the front lines of NXT Creative in the trenches making the best fucking wrestling program of the last 20 fucking years that was NXT Black and Gold. And yes, I am talking about Road Dog because he was right there with Triple H and company doing his shit, doing magical shit with NXT Black and Gold. That man is going to tell me that Tommaso Ciampa is benefiting from teaming with a superstar like The Miz. And I'm look, I'm not arguing with The Miz's track record. Like him or not, he has an, an incredible track record. He is, he's a two-time Grand Slam champion. You know, he has some of the most... He has a beautiful wife. You know, his children are beautiful. Um, you know, that... that um, that man is winning at life. I don't. I'm not saying I have a problem with the Miz at all. Like I said, I'm not a fan of his, but that's largely because he's been stuck with a ball sack storyline and Logan Paul. Um, you know, but it's just how could you say in the same sentence as Tommaso Ciampa that 
Excuse uh, me, uh, you got the order of that wrong. Uh, doggy dog. Um, per perhaps you're running low on treats this evening. Um, I have plenty in a jar for my four dogs. Perhaps I can get you one, and that would uh, that would uh, reboot your brain cells. Um, because because Tommaso Ciampa is the star of that pairing, not the Miz. Okay, sorry, sorry to burst any bubbles, but the Miz belongs nowhere. In the same discussion as Tommaso Ciampa, he couldn't he couldn't lace Tommaso Ciampa's boots if he had a half an hour. The fuck are you talking about? The the, the Tommaso Ciampa is benefiting from a partnership with the Miz. Fuck you. Fuck off. Go. I... Yeah, like what? <laughs> what? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna book a match here for WrestleMania 39. Ben versus the Road Dog. <laughs> you know, that's an intelligent man. That's one. Of, that's one of my favorite guys. You know, New Age Outlaws, Degeneration X. You know. I, I grew up a massive fan of, of the Attitude Era and the New Age Outlaws. I mean, holy shit. And can't wait to get to that part of uh, Retro Raw. It's just, I'd, I, I legitimately, look, folks, I understand people have different opinions, but there are just some, like The Undertaker comparing Omos to, Oma, to Andre the Giant, and... And and Road Dog saying that about the Miz in comparison with Tommaso Ciampa, statements like that blow my fucking mind. You you are witnessing my mind melting in auditory form on the podcast this evening because I cannot believe someone that was that was that deeply entrenched in NXT Black and Gold would have the temerity to say that. I don't, I, and, and furthermore, furthermore, let, let, I'm not even talking about Tommaso Champ anymore. We have AJ Styles. You mean to tell me that you don't have anything better for AJ Styles than The Miz? And look, AJ Styles thinks The Miz is great. You know, he's been interviewed about that. I'm, uh, and I'm, like I said, I'm not arguing with the Miz's track record. You know, WrestleMania main event or all that stuff. I respect the Miz. I do. But I, I cannot believe that I'm having to take up airtime with, with the argument that the Miz is on the same level as Tommaso Ciampa. And, and, uh, as the same token, you have a shitty five-minute match with AJ Styles and The Miz, and 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 that qualifies to be on Raw, along with a guy that threw up hot dogs live on the air, and and in that same segment, I had to I had to uh, 
I had to bear witness to another promo revolving around the Mrs. Balls. <laughs> and, and you ask me, and I'm I'm quite serious, Elio. Sometimes I joke about this, but this time, last night, I was serious. I watch half a brawl on fucking mute. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah. I did, I did, I, I can't, I, I cannot stand this, this show. I, because Otis, this, this is prior to the barfing bit, um, he actually said in a, in a promo with Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins, he said, I can, I can suck down hot dogs, uh, you know, uh, no, uh, no problem, uh, you know, um, smooth as Coca-Cola or something. I forget the exact line, but it, it was a very porno-ish line and another phallic joke. And, and I'm like... I'm like, I can't believe that this is what I'm watching. You know, let me make sure the door is locked because I I would rather get caught watching actual porn than watching Monday Night Raw. Good God. This shit is terrible. Okay, so the, uh, then the next uh, one, uh, the, now this I gave it a highlight, a high point, but a low point. And that was Liv Morgan's promo, and I'll tell you why. The high point because I like to promote the low point because it was interrupted by Natalia. Oh, I thought her promo away. I, I thought her promo away and Natalia's interruption were terrible. Look, I love Liv Morgan, but she can't cut a promo. She was, she was, she but, was. But I, I had to run. Did she say we fucking deserve it? No, that was um, that was uh, that was on social media. Like we 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 motherfucking did it or something like that. That was on social media. No, because I caught it on the raw last night. Oh, I well, if she did, they bleeped it out, but I didn't catch no, that part. No, no, they didn't bleep anything out on this on this one on mine. Okay, well then I'll have to go back and take a look at it because my my one be muted. The, the, the whole match was uh, the whole match uh, tag team match was the Teddy Long special, not good. Oh God, the this match was a, this was a two star. What's going on? The match sucked. Oh yeah. Uh, then we had Ezekiel Seth Rollins. Uh, okay, another two star. Who gives a shit? Uh, here we go. Lashley and Street Profits versus Theory and Alpha Academy. AKA the barfing match. This was a three star. Oh, fuck off. The guy they gave us a three star. I'm like, ah, okay. My, no, the high Gunther versus R Truth was the shortest one at fifty three seconds. Now, uh, what would you rate this one? Well, I thought it was I thought it was hilarious. I, oh. I really did. I thought it was hilarious. Can you can you, can you give it a rating of one to five? 
Uh, like a tube, out of respect for the humor, but for you're talking about Gunther and uh, our truth, yeah. right? Yeah, they gave us a zero. Well, and that that I can also understand. But the high high point for me was no holds barred match, Oscar and Becky Lynch. Well, well, I I agree. But but here and and I sound very very argumentative t- uh, tonight. But do you really care to see another Oscar Becky Lynch match? How many times? No, no, no I, I get that. I'm seeing like, uh, but of all the matches we had on the show, uh, that I I had to get at the high point. Well, I mean, I agree, but I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying, like, yeah, how, how many times we gotta see this? No, it's true. It's like uh, watching New Day and uh, freaking um, uh, the brawling brutes. <laughs> okay, so or, give or this, New Day or or New Day and the Usos. Give uh, this, give this uh, show a rating, zero to five. One point five. Thirty-three percent give this a one. I agree. Uh, and, you know what? Here's to you live on the PNC Regression Wrestling Podcast. LA can, can tell you I'm tapping with the camera with my Mountain Dew right now. Man, let me tell you right now, okay? I'm the combined. Oh, hold on. Yeah. The, the match time for the whole show itself was an hour and 55 seconds of in ring. In ring action. Out of three hours, holy. Out of three hours, one hour of in ring. <laughs> Alright, so now that we got all the SmackDown, our Raw, and our Money in the Bank out of the way, it's time to move on to the fun stuff. Ben, we have results for the finals. Absolutely. Of uh, the Hell in the Cell, and uh, after I give you those, we, I'm going to give you. I'm going to. I'm going to reveal the next tournament, because we we only do the wrestling tournaments. So the movie tournaments I do on my own on the same page, but that's a completely separate. Yeah. But for this one, the best Hell in a Cell match. It was the Undertaker and Mankind from King of the Ring '98 versus. Undertaker and Brock Lesnar from Hell in a Cell 2015. And the winner is Undertaker versus Mankind with 67%. Oh, well, thank God. I swear, you, you, you people were killing me with your with your 50% this and 50% for the other match. Stop turning my tournaments upside down. Exactly. Like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, somebody please vote. Please. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so now uh, let me um, reveal the next tournament that we have. And I put this one together. Ben, you're going to love this one. Okay, cool. The, the greatest rivalry of all time. Oh, I I want to hear this. Here we here are the lists. Okay, here's a list of uh, in this tournament. 
All right. We have Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. And John, and John Cena versus CM Punk. I'm, oh, going, I'm, I'm going bottom to top. Okay. Then we have Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels versus Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. Oh, damn. John Cena versus Edge and Steve Austin versus The Rock. Oh, this this is starting out hot. Oh, my God. (laughs) Holy Uh, shit. uh, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. And Undertaker versus Kane. Wow. And And at the very top, opening the brackets... We have the Hardys versus the Dudleys versus Edge Christian, and Steve Austin versus Vince McMahon. Well, oh my God, this tournament is gonna put all the other ones to shame. Good God, I mean, how amazing does that sound, folks? I cannot wait to do this. This is gonna be cool. It's gonna be so fun to put together. So, um, let me just count these. Two, four, six, eight. Okay, cool. We have ten. So we're gonna have a we're gonna have a wild card uh, moving on to the next round. All right. So that is uh, that's the next tournament coming up. Um, now we get into time warp. And Ben, I've started watching um, wrestling TV today. That app that I told you about on my Fire Stick. Oh. Okay, so, like I said, if I'm gonna, if I'm going to play a match on this show, I want clear audio on my podcast. I don't want it to sound like commentators are broadcasting from under the ocean, from underwater, okay? Where it's got that wet sound to it and you can barely hear them. Because that ruins it for the whole uh, video itself. If it's one match, it ruins it for the whole video itself. I so, agree. I, uh, today I was watching it. So for those ones, I'm going to just read the results that I have on my phone here. But for today I found All-Star Wrestlers Volume 1 and Volume 2. There's three, but I'm gonna, I just did two for, for today. So, what? Let me just pull up the lineup here, and so we have the first match. We had Greg Valentine defeating Tito Santana for the for the International Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Championship, and this match was weird because disqualifications, submissions, and countout. Are all, are all the are the same thing as if as opinion and submission? That's in, that's very interesting. <laughs> then we had the Nasty Boys defeating Mac Mason and Ricky Starr. Ricky Steamboat defeating uh, Rick Sledge. Rick Sledge. <laughs> oh God! In the fourth match, we had Nikolai Volkov defeating Tony Atlas. I heal Tony Atlas. That's cool. Then we have the Patriot defeating Cactus Jack by disqualification. 
Rick Flair defeats Pat Rose, and in the in the final match of Volume One, we have Brickhouse Brown defeating Terry Funk. And then Volume Two opens up with a tag team match: Kerry Von Erich and Chris Adams defeating the Punisher and Terrace Boba. Terrace Boba. Terrace Boba. <laughs> and the Punisher, Mark Callis. <laughs> My man. Yeah. <laughs> And then we had Jimmy Lawler defeating Jimmy Valiant. Uh, Super Destroyer defeated Booker T. That was from Global in the 1992. Ivan Putski defeating Vern Henderson. And in the main event, Jeff Gaylord, Stunning Steve Austin, and Sheik Braddock defeating Eric Embry, Chris Adams, and Matt Bourne. Chris Emery and who? Chris... Sorry, Eric Embry, Chris Adams, and Matt Bourne. Oh, okay. Matt Bourne, you you recognize that name as Doink the Clown. Oh, oh yeah. All right, and uh, now, like I was told my co-host off air, what I've been doing, I've had this idea to do retro art reviews. I've been watching. The early days of Monday Night Raw, Ben, between last Thursday and this week, I have finished all of 1993. I'm into December of 93, as of today. Oh, Lord, you have been busy, huh? Jesus Christ. Like, I mean, like, I watch it, like, at night, or if there's not, if I'm, if I got nothing else going on. So, but I'll be, go on. Oh. Sorry, no, I just burped. My apologies. Uh, so before uh, we do that, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what we have coming up. This confuses me because we have the Best of Memphis Wrestling Volume Two, like eighty two, eighty five, Volume Two, but I can't find a Best of Volume One. So I guess we can just do that one. Yeah, then we that's have fine. we have Bruiser Brody, uh, CWA Memphis. Then there's a, uh, I think, I'm not sure if we're going to do the Japan Bloody Spouts. But we have that Paul Heyman documentary that I want to look at. Oh, yeah, I uh, I, I, um, I saw that one a couple of years ago. It's very good. No, no, this is a different one. That's not the one that uh, we, my name is Paul Heyman. This is a different one. Oh, okay. And this one is a new one that was added. Wrestling's Unreleased Collection, Volume 1. And this one has Ric Flair. Okay, cool. Yeah, they, um, and speaking of that, um, speaking of like documentaries, I was wondering, um, WWE Biography is coming back on um, uh, July 10th. Do you want to start? Are they? Doing... Are they? Yeah. Like, not the same ones we saw. New ones? New ones, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. What do we do... got? Do you want to um, review those? Yeah, it's a list of uh, what they have. Um, I'm sure I can find it. Give me uh, one second. Why don't you uh, All right, continue so, talking? Yeah, so coming soon, um, they're, they're going to add 1960s Golden Age of Wrestling, but uh, we're going to stay away from that because even I'd be lost. We got Texas All-Star Wrestling from the 80s, like we did uh, with Southwest in previous episodes. Then there's this uh, other one that I find uh, interesting. Like, 
I'm not even sure what it is. I'm going to have to... Oh, it's the Urban Wrestling Federation. So this one is kind of like one of those outlaw promotions. So I'm going to have to look at that and see if that that's one that we can that we should do. But there's like championship wrestling from from like the 80s and the final one I see here Underworld Wrestling which is another underground promotion. Cool. Uh, and then I ha- I have the the list right uh, in front of me. Okay, and uh, then we have Wrestling Classics Volume One and Volume Five, and Volume Two of re- of the Wrestling Unreleased Collection is featuring Shawn Michaels, and that one's coming soon. Okay, cool. Okay, well, so we'll, what, what, what do we have the lineup? Um, we got Lex Luger, uh, Rey Mysterio. Oh. Um, we have The Undertaker, we have Edge, Kurt Angle, Goldberg, DX. Edge, my boy. We went to school together. Aww. <laughs> oh, I can't, I wouldn't see that. And, uh, the Bella Twins. Okay, oh wait, sorry, what was that? Edge, uh, what was after uh, Kurt Angle, Goldberg, DX, and the Bella Twins. Uh, Goldberg, yeah, okay, sure, why not, whatever. <laughs> Alright, um, so like I was, uh, telling my co-host off air, so I'm done with Raw 93, uh, between last week and this week, and moving into 94, like I watch these early in the morning, like I, I wake up, because the sun comes up at 6am, right, so it's like, how am I supposed to sleep when, like, the sun is, like, comes up and it's like my room is like all lit up so I just wake up and I turn the TV on and I watch uh, Raw so uh, of course you said you're going to start watching uh, February yeah definitely so I'm thinking um, we're going to we're going to get into episode number 2 of Monday Night Raw because we're going to cover all of January here so let me pull that up. So of course last week we had the debut of Monday Night Raw. So January 18th we're in the Manhattan Center and there are three matches on this show. The whole show itself was 44 minutes. So we had Mr. Perfect defeating Terry Taylor, Marty Chinetti defeating Glenn Ruth, and Tito Santana versus Ric Flair went to no contest. So the only notes I have, or the only highlights I have from this episode is, this was Glenn Ruth's Raw debut. Uh, oh, well, I don't have, to be honest with you, I don't know who Glenn Ruth is. I Glenn, Glenn Ruth would return later in during the Attitude Era as Headbanger Thrasher. Oh, well, that makes sense. All right, and that takes us to episode three. This one aired on January 25th. And here's the card on this one. Randy Savage defeating the Repo Man, who jumped him the week before and stole his uh, cowboy hat. And then uh, said that because Savage didn't pay, uh, was late on his payments, of course, that led to their mini-feud. Kamala defeated the Brooklyn Brawler, and 
Mr. Perfect defeated Ric Flair in a Loser Leaves WWF match. Poor Rick. Now, because this all started at 92 when it was uh, Razor Ramon and Ric Flair versus Randy Savage and the mystery partner. And no one knew who that was until Primetime Wrestling where Mr. Perfect accepted uh, the offer to team up with Savage. And so from there, uh, Bobby Heenan tried to talk him out of it and said, he, like, Perfect's taking over from Flair and Heenan. And then he slaps, a, he slaps Perfect, then Perfect grabs him by the tie, bringing him to his knees and pours a chunk of water over his head. Oh, that's hilarious. So that lets Mr. Perfect as a face and, of course, his feud with Ric Flair. And the WWF isn't big enough for both of them, so one has to leave. And, of course, that was Ric Flair. <laughs> and from there, he returned to WCW. Also, this was uh, Kamala's Raw debut. Oh. Yes. Lots of stuff, huh? So that is all of uh, January of 1993 for Monday Night Raw. And next week, we go in, we move into uh, February, which, Ben, you said you're going to start watching these as well. Yes, absolutely. So uh, I guess you'll be ready next episode to do, to do this. Yeah, how many, how many episodes do you want me to watch before Saturday? Well, let's see. Um... There are, they are one, two, actually there's uh, three episodes in February. It's February 1st, February 15th, and February 22nd. So there's like between three and four episodes uh, every month. February's got three. Okay. Yeah. So that is that, and... Now we are going to get into Wrestling Roulette. I'm going to pull up the playlist and we'll be back shortly. Okay. All right. We are done with uh, Time Warp. We are now going to move on to Wrestling Roulette. And I play 21 tracks. My co-host has to guess which wrestler that theme belongs to. And Ben, are you ready for your first one? Yes, sir. Um, uh, my only guess would be Hillbilly Jim. Nope, that was the Bushwhackers. What that makes sense. All right, here we go. Next one. You really play that. Is that Paul Burchell when he was a pirate? <laughs> that is Paul Burchell. 
How do you always get that? <laughs> What's wrong with you? How do you always get that one? Uh. I always miss this one, but I really don't know. That is retribution. Ah, uh, well. <laughs> As understandable. <laughs> I'm, not mad at, I'm not mad at myself for that. Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, you are two and two. Here we go, shock five. Spotify earlier today. Wow. That is D Generation X, not DX. I can't give it to you. No, I'm joking. Three and two. Here we go. <laughs> the Sense Extinct Jurassic Express. Say again. The, I said Jurassic Express, but since but since it's since distinct. Well, yeah, yeah, Jungle Boy. That's his yeah. theme. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Here we go. Four and two. Four and two. Here we go. That's terrible. <laughs> What the fuck was that? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. That is Nikita Lions. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, not not to sound like a pervert, but that woman is just wow. Yeah, there are four and three. I, because that sounds terrible. Yes. Number eight. Here we go. Evolution, line in the sand. Line in the sand, five and three. Here we go. No, not the lyrics. We know the song. What? Sounded like a garbage truck backing up. What the fuck? It, it was a garbage truck backing up. Uh, I don't know. You are going to see this guy in the in Monday Night Raw from nineteen ninety five. This is Duke Dumpster Trophy. Oh, okay. All right, here we go. Number track number ten. Here we go.
Uh, yeah, that, I don't know. That is Jeff Hardy. What? That is Jeff Hardy. What? <laughs> um, you, never you never heard this one? No. Let me play a little bit of it. Hold on. Oh, well, I didn't hear, I haven't heard the words yet, but. Yeah. Okay. Well, five and five. That, I actually like that one. That's cool. Uh, is that Paige? Paige. Six and five. Okay. You look. Track 12. So, uh, seven and five. Here we go. Track number uh, 13. Uh, William Regal. William Regal. I kind of like that one. Yeah, I do too. So, all right. Eight and five. You go track 14. Mentioned Defender of the Balls, Maurice. Maurice. Stop. Triple H, my time. Triple H, ten and five. Dragon number 16. Okay, well, I know what it is, but just because I was having problems with my headphones and I want to pay proper homage, play that again. Gangrel here. Well, the, the, the brood and Gangrel. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Let me get all bit out of shape. Yeah, 11 and 6. 11 and 5. 11 and 5. Right. Yeah. Uh, let me get all bit out of shape. <laughs> Oh, that didn't sound pleasant. Um, 
I'm not sure. And this one's bad. This one is Hawkins and Ryder. Oh, I would have never gotten that. All right, now it's 11 and 6. Here we go. Uh, track number 17. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Coco Beware? Nope. That is Haku. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. I, um, I have, I have friends that are cl- close with Haku and uh, are close with the family, I should say. I'm, I'm sorry. Alright, so 11 and 7. Okay. Check 18. Mark Henry, sexual chocolate. Uh, 12 and 7. Well, at least we're not ending the show with that one. <laughs> Thank God. Hey. Small miracles. Uh, 12 and 7. So, track 19, are you ready? Yes, sir. The Rooster, also known as Terry Taylor. Yeah, the Red Rooster. What a... Oh, this was bad. All right, yeah. 13 and uh, 7. Yes, sir. You ready? Track 20, you ready? Yes, sir. I didn't catch the beginning of that. Um, oh. Say again. Uh, is that about Holly? Yes, yeah, uh, hardcore Holly. But yeah, fourteen and seven. Last one. Yep. Sure. That is Sergeant Slaughter. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> don't kill me. Don't uh, don't sit, don't send me over to the Russians. All right, uh, fourteen and eight. It's pretty good. All right, so that is it for wrestling roulette. You know, out of curiosity, I want to see what would have been the next one. Uh, Say again. Out of curiosity, I want to see what, what the next one would have been. Oh, oh, wait, oh, sorry. Cord came out. Hang on. All right. Here we go. We have a wrestling match going on. And then with the cord in the headphones. One, oh, two. Shit. Oh, the headphone trying <laughs> for a comeback. We have a match right live on the air here. Ben struggling with the headphones. And yeah, he wins the match. 
I just yeah, called. I, I just called the match live on the air. Wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I was saying. Um, I curiosity. I wonder. I want to see what the next uh, theme would have been. Cool. So let's see. <laughs> you are gonna see this guy make his raw debut in 1995. Who was it? That was uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Oh, okay, yeah. You're gonna see him make his debut in Raw in '95. Cool. As the English aristocrat. Oh God. Complete with uh, tails and a pipe. Oh Christ! <laughs> that, was, that was such a bad gimmick. <laughs> All right, so better way say we close the show for the week. Yes, sir. All right, that's it. Another episode of the PC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio. He's Ben. We will talk to you all on Saturday night. Ben, say good night to the fans. Good night to the fans. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. Appreciate it.